Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. I have a line in my sermon later where I was quite ready, I was prepared to change it. It says, there's a laughing, joyous baby at the font. I was ready. If Olivia had a bad day, I was ready to say it's a screaming baby at the font. But she did great, so wonderfully. Um, It's in line with our sermon series for today, which is the Bible's Believe It or Not and Laughter. We are in the middle of a sermon series. It's hard to believe, but it's undeniably true what it is that Jesus asks the Christian community to do. We have learned that Christians are to share, to hold things in common. We have learned that Christians are to forgive, and for Christians it's not an option, but requires persistence and prayer, accountability. And today we look at the call to laugh, even at and maybe especially at ourselves. Next week, we'll finish the series, and the topic next week is move on. Over these four weeks, I've asked you to think about these four actions, share, forgive, laugh, move on, and to think about which one comes most easily for you out of those four. And when you land on that, give yourself a pat on the back and be glad and then to think about which one is hardest for you. Share, forgive, laugh, move on. And then when you discover which one is hardest for you, give yourself some words of encouragement. Support yourself. Know that you are growing and you wanna keep working. I've also asked us to think about uh, Covenant Presbyterian as a church which quality is easy for us as a community, which is more difficult to share, to forgive, to laugh at ourselves, to move on. So for today, we're still in Acts. All four of these sermons have been from Acts. And today, it's a rather familiar passage. It's Apostle Paul before the Areopagus. So the Council of Judges in Athens and they have assembled to hear more from Paul about his God. So hear now the word of God for you who are the people of God. While Paul was waiting for Silas and Timothy in Athens, he was deeply distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he argued in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and also in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Also some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers debated with him and some said, what does this pretentious babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign divinities. This was because he was telling the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. So they took him and they brought him to the Areopagus and they asked him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. It sounds rather strange to us, so we would like to know what it means. 
Now, all the Athenians and the foreigners living there would spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. So then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor, he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we too are God's offspring. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I'm going to start out my sermon on laughter with this quote. Did you know Americans are among the most worried people on the planet? Despite living in one of the wealthiest countries on earth, a recent Gallup poll said Americans were much more likely to be stressed and worried than much of the world. We take it by 20 percentage points. In her book, Happy Now, uh, author and pastor Courtney Ellis says, our society has an epidemic of serious-itis. Serious-itis. Seriousness breeds fear and worry where small problems become devastating and failures feel fatal and even innocent mistakes start to seem like fiery commentaries on our entire self-worth. She quotes Eileen Brennan, who says, if we can't laugh at ourselves and the human condition, well then, we're going to be mean. We can point to many reasons for this serious-itis problem. Our context is ripe for worry. The 24-7 work culture with expectations for performance and success, our society's emphasis on making more money and getting ahead and buying the next thing, the social media environment where daily activities are on display all the time and are supposed to look happy and joyful, and the political climate of divisiveness and obstinance and worry. And as Christians, I think we can point to one more thing promoting our seriousness, or one more person anyway, and that is the Apostle Paul. I'm only joking. Well, sort of. Paul is our top tier apostle. So when it comes to doing church, Paul is the one that we admire. He is the one who initiated the spread of the good news to the Gentile world. So many of his writings are in the holy book, the first ones there. 
He developed important ways to think about this phenomenal news that they were trying to communicate, the news of a risen Lord. Paul is the one to admire, but he is also very intense. You may remember last week when Paul, then Saul, was at the stoning of Stephen, the first martyr, and he was standing on the sidelines looking after the coats of the attackers of this good man as they murdered him. He was holding their cloaks so that they could dodge the spattered blood of the first Christian martyr. Pretty hardcore, I'm telling you. Paul found himself in many dire circumstances. Not only did he survive falling off his donkey and being struck blind, he swam through seas and multiple shipwrecks. And of course, we remember he endured prison multiple times. One of my favorite stories of Paul's intensity comes from his mission to Malta. I'm not making this up, just want to say, straight from the good word. He was on a boat, and he had been there for 14 days in the Adriatic Sea. Well, the sailors thought they were in pretty bad shape, so the sailors escaped the boat. But the soldiers stayed to imprison Paul even at sea. Well, then, like the sailors thought, the ship wrecked, and the boat was being torn apart on the rocks. Well, the soldiers decided that they would try to kill him and all the other prisoners so that no one could escape by jumping off into these stormy waters. Well, Paul, he somehow jumped overboard and he made it to the shore on a plank, maybe the Bible says, or maybe just after a stormy swim. Well, when he finds himself finally in hospitable hands at the cozy fire of a local Maltese, he being Paul, goes out to collect his own driftwood to add to the pyre. And at that moment, a poisonous snake slithers out of the wood and bites down on his hand. He holds up his hand. Does he freak out? Does he scream in pain or otherwise exclaim, that's it, I'm done, I give up? Scripture says, no. Here's what it says. He shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Paul. <laughs> Dedicated Paul. Hardcore Paul. Intense. So if Paul is our mentor, then of course we as Christians are going to be serious about our pursuit of spreading the gospel. But then, then we have Paul in the passage for today. In this passage of Paul before the Areopagus, I'll unpack it a little bit for you, but it turns out that Paul could be playful too. Today's passage paints Paul in a little bit of a different light with a lighter load. He's been in Philippi, he's been in Thessalonica to speak to the earliest believers, to start and nurture these newfound communities, but now he finds himself in Athens. He's left those smaller provincial zones, and now he's in the urban, intellectual, multi-faith environment. He's also, by the way, left his traveling companions behind, 
They are trying to catch up to him, but he has some early days in Athens. And interestingly, he doesn't spend as much time arguing with religious leaders as he did before, and instead, he wanders around a little bit like a tourist, checking out the marketplace, the temples, memorizing inscriptions to idols, gazing at objects of worship. Well, the philosophers, Epicures, Stoics, the marketplace teachers, they nab him, and they take him to the Areopagus to explain. They want to hear more. But it's not what you might be thinking, that Paul stands on the rocky hill to enter a serious debate with these great judges, or even that he offers justifications for his actions as if he were on trial. No. Instead, it's kind of entertaining. Turns out that the great judges, the philosophers, they want to laugh. Tell us something new, they say. It turns out that's what they wanted to hear, something new all the time. They call him, the Greek word, they call him a birdseed eater. What that means when you apply it to a person, when you apply it to Paul, is that it's someone who picks up things like a bird eats by picking up seeds. It's not really a kind word. They say that Paul is making his living by picking up scraps. In their eyes, the great council of the Areopagus, he's an amateur. The word that's translated often is that he is a babbler and nothing more. In any other context in our Holy Scripture, that wouldn't stick, that Paul is a babbler. But here's the thing, Paul isn't particularly offended or upset. Paul isn't faced by this criticism or this seeming adversity. He doesn't launch into a diatribe. He doesn't pull out that list of household codes. No, instead, the speech that Paul offers the Athenians is playful. He understands the context and he joins in the fun. Paul decides not to take himself too seriously. And if Paul can do it, he says, first off, you people of Athens are very religious indeed. And all those signs to an unknown God, well, turns out I know him, but um, bub. He plays with the values of the pagan ideas. He uses their poet to explain the presence of Christ. From one ancestor, he made all nations that everyone would search for God and perhaps grope for God and perhaps find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us, says Paul. It's a riddle. A play on words for the council, the searching and the groping for God when God is, after all, not far. Paul, most other times, is super hardcore. Strong, confident, successful, smart, but there is an alternative witness to a lighter one. Here, Paul, the apostle, entertains the possibility that the gospel is new, that God's mercies are unfolding every day, 
that even he is still learning this unbelievable thing, which is God's gracious love for all. Paul thinks that he might be an amateur after all. And when the council laughs at him, he laughs along with them too. What a wonderful day for us to remember this message, to not take ourselves so seriously, to find joy, to play. Courtney Ellis's book, she says that joy is like all deep and beautiful and true things. It is built on the intimate trust that God is who God says God is and that God will do what God promises to do. And with this understanding, Joy is not something we can gain through our own efforts or seriousness, but it comes from our intimate trust in God. Paul knew that the source of joy and hope was found in Christ and not his success or his effort or his seriousness. Paul knew that the source of joy and hope was found in Christ and not in this world. What a perfect day for us to hear this witness from the Apostle Paul at the Areopagus, the big babbler himself. It is Mother's Day, after all, and we had a beautiful child at the font. And we remember in the waters of her baptism, we remember our own, even if it was a really, really long time ago. We remember, friends, that we are called and that we are loved and that we are claimed by God as God's beloved long, long, long before we could produce or achieve or argue a point when all we could do was eat and excrete, and you can laugh there, <laughs> sleep and play. We were named as God's very own beloved, and we were wrapped up in the joy and the hope of the risen Lord that holds us still. And for this, we are truly grateful. For this, we laugh. In this, we enjoy. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.